Well, in a minute, I'm going to invite our team up. But I want to introduce to you why, why we're doing what we're doing today. Um, we're very, very particular about what we spend our Sunday mornings on. Um, we have a lot of you just come on Sunday morning. Well, a lot of you come Sunday and Wednesday. But here's what I know about every one of you in this place. The most valuable thing you have, whether you know it or not, is time. That's the one thing that we have a limited commodity of that you can't get more of. You can't work harder to get more of. And so we try very hard to be very um, conscientious about how we use time in our church. And so for us to set aside an entire Sunday to talk about a missions trip, there needs to be a reason for it, other than saying, well, we, Pastor Mark doesn't want to preach today. Um, matter of fact, I'm worried because I'm supposed to be brief and I've got lots of things to say before anybody else talks. And so, uh, so I'm going to try to be treat, uh, quick, but we're going to bring up in a minute our very old team. We didn't realize how old we were until a lady in a church gave a testimony we were at. Actually, it was at the end when we were dedicating the house, and she's weeping, and she said, you know, it's all being translated, basically said this, I didn't think God could use me anymore. I didn't think I had a purpose in the world. But when all these old people came and built this house and had so much energy, I know God can use me too. And we're thinking... We're not old, but uh, we were old. We were an old team. We averaged about 55 years old in our team. And says old as, well, we won't say as old as we went, but we were, our, old, our youngest person was Pastor Chris at 40. And uh, our oldest was somewhat older than that. So they looked at us as the old people. And so, I, you know, I guess we're getting close to that, all of us. So in a minute, the old people are going to come up here. And, um, but let me explain why we're coming up. Because it fits exactly with our series we've been on. If you're visiting today, um, we've been doing a series that's going to take about four months, a series looking at the book of Acts. And we're asking a question in the book of Acts. Um, We're saying, what's normal anyway? Meaning, what's normal for a child of God? What should the normal be for us as Christians? And we've been looking through the book of Acts, the history book of of the New Testament, and saying, what was normal for them? How did they act? And if they acted in a certain way, spiritually, it had to do not with their culture, but with their spiritual lives, if what was normal for them ought to be normal for us. And so, um, so we've been asking that question from the book of Acts. And so this today, what we're doing is really incredibly normal what we're doing. And let me explain what I mean by that. Um, what we just did in Mexico was normal and should be normal for the body of Christ. Um, and, and for a couple of reasons. Um, the, the book of Acts shows that the early church, what did they do that was normal that we're doing today? First of all, they went, the early church went, went to other cultures and other countries in order to spread the gospel. That if you get, if I get, kind of gave you the challenge over the next number of months to, to read a chapter in the book of Acts every day, and therefore you'll read through the book of Acts four times in the next four months. What you learn is after the first, Paul gets saved from Saul to Paul in chapter 9. There's 28 chapters. Pretty much the entire rest of the book is Paul's missionary journeys. That's what it's all about. It's pretty much about Paul taking the gospel to people who've never heard it yet. And so it was normal in the early church to recognize we can just sit, they could have sat in Jerusalem and said, we're the church here, let's just bless each other, let's just get along, let's build the biggest church. We can't lose somebody valuable like Paul, this great leader. Instead they said, let's take Paul and, and uh, Barnabas and Silas at different times and let's send them around the world with the gospel. And so what we did by going to another country was normal and should be normal for the early church. It's simply exactly what they did um, through the whole book of Acts. They went to different cultures with the gospel. But they didn't just go to the other, go- other country with the gospel. There's another thing they did that was incredibly normal that we did. And it's this, that the better off, I'm talking about financially, the better off Christians helped the worse off Christians. In the book of Acts, you see something repeated that the Apostle Paul talks about, that they went um, and there was a prophetic word that there was going to be a drought and the people in, in Jerusalem were going to be starving and they were poor. And so they began to go from city to city to city. In addition to ministering, they collected an offering and they were collecting that offering in order to take it back to Jerusalem to help the less well-off brothers and sisters in Christ financially because they were going through a hard time. And that's what we did when we went there. Um, here's something that I, that, I, that I hope we would get. And if you've never been on a missions trip and you've never been out of Ozaki County very far or never been out of America, you, you probably don't really understand this. I don't mean that critically. I'm saying you just really don't because we're all products of our culture. Is we'll look at somebody in their culture and go, well, they're just a bunch of lazy whatevers. 
And why are we going down there and building homes? Um, here's the deal. In a place like America, what's the old, the old word for America? America is the land of opportunity. The land of opportunity. You know what Mexico isn't? <laughs> the land of opportunity. You would born little San Vicente, the town we were in, if you were born there, you would be born there, you would live there, you would work in the fields. Two families owned all the land. On the one side were the Garcias, and I don't know the other family's name, but the Garcias owned as far as you... We drove 10 miles down one road, and the Garcias owned all that land. And the other side, some other family owned. And everybody simply works for those two families. And a lot of the places, they provide you with a house, kind of like the old lumbering companies or the mining companies. You worked in company housing. And I did say, did you actually get paid in real money, or they pay you in script? And they didn't know what script was. I said, you get pesos. And they said, yeah, we get pesos. But they, you know, so they pretty much are almost indentured servants in that regard. You know, you work for the company. You ever have your kids there. Your kids marry somebody else who works for the company. You live there. You die there. There's no opportunity. The only ones who have opportunity are the ones who say, let's get out of here. And they run to America. And they try to get, they try to get here. And so um, there's a, a history in the, in the scriptures of better, off, of better off believers helping worse off believers and the book of Acts shows it. So that's what we did. That's what you did. You contributed so we could go down there and build a home for this family. And these people are going to talk about building the home and, and the response of the family in a few minutes. And um, also, um, another thing we see in the book of Acts that's normal is that when teams went out and did something and other people sent them, they came back to the sending churches and they reported what had happened. And we see that in the book of Acts repeatedly. Paul and Silas and Paul and Barnabas, they did mission trips, but then they came back and they reported to Jerusalem and Antioch what God had done when they left. And so that's why we want to do that today. And so I'm going to invite up our missions team, and almost our whole missions team is here today. So you old people, come on up. If you can stand up, stand up. Come on up. And so what we're going to do today is I'm going to give people a chance to share about what God, what God spoke to them or what they saw was what was important to them, uh, maybe something, a lesson God told him. I saw, you know, Pastor Chris taking offering today, and he's trying not to cry because he's remembering. He's saying, man, those people, when he's referring to the offering. When they take an offering there, they come down the center aisle, and they put their offering in a bucket. And you're saying, they're walking down the aisle joyfully putting pesos in a bucket, and they don't have electricity and running water and in cars or anything else. Um, and so, so uh, you know, what a blessing. So there's different things that, you're, that people that spoke to them. Um, was anybody here going to talk about Pedro, or can I talk about Pedro? I'm going to tell about Pedro. Because, well, they, well no, no, if somebody else is going to, I don't want to, here's the thing, I was like, well, well, if Pastor Mark talks first, he's going to say everything. <laughs> and I, I said I wouldn't. But I want to just mention one thing about a guy named Pedro. And uh, there's going to be pictures scrolling the whole time of the, of the trip, so you're welcome to, to watch those. But Pedro was a young man in, in one of these, worked for one of these ranches where, where there's just rows and rows and rows of concrete houses, and he lived in one of them, and he gets as part of his pay staying in that house. Well, the church that we were, what we were staying with, they had been doing an outreach to that town before the workers moved on somewhere else, and they were doing services there, and um, Pedro came to know Christ, and another young girl came to know Christ, and I think some other ones did, but they moved on. And so Pedro wanted to keep coming to church. But this, this, this work, the housing place they were at was 10 miles away, from the church. And on Sunday morning, they give testimony time, and Pedro gets up to give a testimony, and he gets, thanks the Lord, and thank God I got to make it to church today. I made it to church on time, and I'm thinking to myself, so I honestly thought, the cynical Mark, well, he just wants to stand up and be heard by the Americans. That's honestly what I thought. I thought, well, Pedro just wants to be heard, because why are we giving a testimony to, oh, I made it to church today. It's a small little town. I'm like, oh, you walked across town. Well, we found out that it's not a small little town, that Pedro lived in that work camp 10 miles away, and he has a deal with the pastor, that if he gets to church, the past, and he stays the whole day and stays through youth service, Pedro's 19, that the pastor will see that he gets home. So we took him home. He walked 10 miles to church. He wa- and it was a road that you needed a four-wheel drive just about. It was so bumpy. Pastor Chris was driving at night. It was so bumpy driving him back that the, the lights of the van turned off. We're driving, his pulse and boom, pitch drive. It's just go, 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 down the road. It's just like a path. And he, he hits the brakes like, oh, no. And one thing, we lost lights in the middle of nowhere. And he turned the lights back on. Oh, they're working. So Pedro walked 10 miles to get to church. 
And what I thought is, how many times do, do I hear, oh, it was too cold to go to church? From my heated house to my heated garage to my heated car to my heated church. It was too cold to go to church. And Pedro walked 10 miles to get to church. And I was like, oh, God, give me the heart, Pedro. You know, that he was so excited. And give a testimony, thank God I came to church. And so I just really uh, appreciated, I was challenged by Pedro. And so we all have situations that really challenge us. At the end when we share, we're going to show a little short video clip of the pastor um, answering some questions. He answered a bunch of questions for OCS. And we're going to share an answer to one of the questions about what would be his message to American children, but to all Americans. So um, we're going to share. We're going to, we're going to do what's normal anyways. We're going to share about what we did when we were on a mission trip. So I was asked on who wanted to go first. Stephanie wanted to go first. So Stephanie, come on up and share with us. Buenos dias. Ah. Start with that. <laughs> um, first of all, I just want to say I took one for the team. Somebody has to get sick. <laughs> that was me. So I just want to say who, if you prayed, thank you very much. It was short-lived. That's all I'm going to say. Moving on. Um, I think the first what? I said oh, Montezuma yeah. got you. <laughs> all right. Thank you, Mark. Um, <laughs> Um, actually, first, I want to say the, um, the first service on the Sunday was really awesome. It's actually not like ours, but like ours in a way. Um, the people there, they had, they were giving testimonies of um, what God is speaking to them about and what he's doing in their life, and um, it was being translated. But they were just crying, grateful. They had such a relationship with God, and I, I was actually tearing because it was just so cool. It was just cool to watch and and they were just so grateful and uh, that touched me um so that was awesome their service is great and at the end they had an altar call too and pastor was praying and daniel is is awesome he has such a heart for god and to lead people to jesus and um it was it was a privilege to be there and and watch that um i'm gonna skip now to the end there's a lot in between but to the end um just watching the family um, when Mark handed over the keys was like, you would have thought that we built them a mansion. Seriously. I've never seen anything like it. I mean, they were just weeping and hugging and it was, I was like, wow. And, and like Chris said, you know, they have nothing. I mean, they have so little, um, no running water, no toilet, you know, no electricity. And, um, it was just so cool. Cause really you would have thought that we would have built them a mansion. And it was just so cool to just be a part of that. And um, that's pretty much, much it. So. All right. Awesome. And, you know, somebody asked, was the fa- did a family help you work? And they did a little bit, but they couldn't because they had to be working in the fields at 530 in the morning. And we were done working the one day, and the dad of the house we get to had to come and sleep so no one steal the materials. And he came when we were done so that he could spend the night basically sleeping on top of the lumber so that nobody would steal it. And so he worked in the fields all day long. Before we were out of bed, he was working. And they worked in the fields all day. And then at night came to sleep on the, at the site so that, uh, so that no one would steal the stuff before we built the house. Now, I was asked, you said you wanted to go in the beginning. All right. <laughs> Courage here I needed in the beginning. I want to say muchas gracias to all of you, <laughs> everyone who gave. You gave us the privilege of giving to this family besides just the house. And um, I was reminded of the story of the widow who gave it all. This family was so thankful to us as a church, as a body, not us as just builders, but us as a church and what we were all able to give us that we had an opportunity to take this family on a on a vacation because they are very hard-working people. And we we went to the beach. We sacrificed for this Woo-hoo! family. <laughs> because we got done early. <laughs> well, and the mother didn't come along. And we thought, well, oh, that would have been such a good opportunity because her children just had such a good time. But this mother stayed back and cooked for us. And I'm thinking she fed all of us after the Thursday night church service. She made us tamales. And I tell you, those were the best tamales. Even though they're too spicy for me, those were the best tamales I have ever eaten because she gave her all. 
she gave they don't have cars that they can go off and take a you know half hour ride to the beach and then come back she gave up that opportunity for her own leisure to cook for us out of her gratitude and she gave it all i don't know I hope the family does not have to go hungry a meal because she gave all her food to us. But that kind of giving is the heart of giving that I would want, that I, I, I strive for, that I can give it all to bless somebody else. And I just want to say, if you could have seen their faces, we would sell all we have but the bare essentials and give because it, it was it was just like, Spirit bumps on top of spirit bumps on top of spirit bumps. It was just such a pleasure for us to watch. So I just want to say thank you all for making that possible for us. Amen. Praise the Lord. Who'd like to be next? What Mark didn't tell you is when Jesus had to come back to the house that night, the first night, it was really humbling for my heart to see this man almost in tears. When we had the roof and the house all put up, he could not believe it. And he's literally, his eyes were all glassy. And we couldn't understand, but he said something about Mikasa. (laughs) I don't exactly know what he said, but he was so ecstatic about this house for his family. And as Chris was saying earlier this morning, too, we have cars, we have electricity, we have water, we have flushing toilets that we can throw toilet paper down. Yes, right. <laughs> where, you, where you can't do that there. And these people I can just... explain what you do with the toilet paper. <laughs> Let somebody else do that. <laughs> oh, any, oh, well, I will. Okay, there you, we you go. You could not throw your toilet paper down the toilet. You had to put it in a basket next to the toilet. So whatever you were doing with your toilet paper, it had to go into the basket. And I'll let you guys... Use your imagination for the rest of it. (laughs) But um, as Chris was saying, you know, we have so much here, and these people are so, so happy. And not just the family, but the church we were in, and Pastor Danielle and Angela's church, they were so ecstatic, the people that were so gracious. I've never, you know, people that don't even understand our language would come up to us after the church service and say thank you. For us being there, and every it seemed like everyone in that whole congregation, I think, at least to me, came up and shook my hand and thanked me for being there, and the blessing that they gave on my heart, not just us blessing them, but knowing the humbleness that we should give back to them, and this is my first mission trip, and I can guarantee it won't be my last, Amen. and I thank you all for supporting us with your prayers and thoughts, and that was well needed in I'm sure somebody will expand on the driving and the other excursions. <laughs> so, thank you very much. Would like to be next. Hola. <laughs> means hello. Um, I want to ditto what everybody was saying here, but the, the people there, they're just, they're just so quiet. They don't go out of their way to really talk to you. But if you start talking to them, they'll open up to you. Jim and I... We would walk through uh, the town in the mornings and late at night and uh, just get to know these people. And it's just, uh, they're just like you and I, but they have a heart for God that it's really hard to imagine because they don't have much. Like everybody was saying, they're, they're living with the bare necessities. Even, even that, they don't have plumbing or electrical and everything, but they, uh, they have a heart for God that it's just really cool to see. You know, the whole town and everything is just dust-colored. Everything is just dusty from morning to night and... Uh, these churches are painted just bright colors. It's really cool to see, you know, how they uh, they, they take a lot of a lot of energy into their, their churches. So it's just uh, it's really cool to see. Um, the, the landscape is just gorgeous. The mountains in the background, all over. As you can see in some of these pictures here, that uh, it was truly a blessing to be there. Some of the hardest ground we've ever seen. We had to dig a hole for uh, an outhouse, and it's like digging into concrete. It's uh, I know there was a bunch of us here that just gave it our all, and we worked, what, two and a half hours and got like 12 inches down. It was just, it was just a back-breaking uh, breaking time. But uh, we know it was for God and for these people, and they were very, very thankful. It was just amazing. Um, it's just kind of odd to work around a job site. I don't know if they're in the pictures or not, but there's, there's goats running around, there's chickens and roosters, and 
you know, kids. It's just, and there's, it's not real safe. There's stuff laying around where people can get hurt, and it's just amazing that nobody got hurt. A couple of clo- close, claw, uh, close calls, but uh, everybody came home fine. No, no injuries, no problems. And uh, it's just, a, it was just an honor working with all these people behind me because you got to go know them better. And uh, every one of them gave it their all. It was just a hundred percent effort to build a house in three days. It's just kind of amazing. So, uh, but I would like to uh, give a little extra thanks to uh, Pastor Chris and Dave for driving. Yeah, right. Oh, these roads goodness. were just the worst roads I've ever seen. Scary roads, just winding, guardrails missing. You see on the sharp turns, a lot of crosses. And uh, we had a couple of close calls ourselves. Pardon? Yeah, we had semi trucks passing us on blind corners. And uh, uh, I think it was Jim that had said that uh, their, their philosophy there is whoever has the most lug nuts has the right of way. <laughs> so whoever has the bigger vehicle has got the right of way. So, but uh, I just uh, thank you guys for driving because with all the signs in uh, Spanish, I would have been lost. But uh, it's just been a grateful time, and it's just an honor to, to do this. So I just want to thank everybody that uh, contributed to it. So thank you. We did have the dream team. Yeah, I don't know if you gathered um, the Yugo ministry that we worked with. They, what they do is they build houses. They do other stuff, but they build houses. And we did. We built the fastest house they ever built. We built the bigger house, and uh, it was. Maybe we had two really good bosses telling us what to do. Two uh, guys. That's what they do. So, but all these guys just did whatever they were told. They couldn't believe it that that the old people. They all just. We did what we were told to do and got the thing. That's why we were able to go to that beach. Um, we got done an entire day early. And so they couldn't believe it. The guys kept saying, and that's when you said one guy, when, when the dad that we gave the house to came back, he was leaving the fields, and he was walking, leaving the fields, and he could see the house in the distance. In one day, we had, it, we had all the walls and everything up, sided, walls up, starting on the drafters the first day. And he was walking home from the fields, and he saw what's going to be his house, and he's just, you know, broken up about it. Who wants to go next? Well, we went to build a house, but it really became so, so much more. God used the trip to build and strengthen our relationships. Some of you I didn't know very well, but I do now because we've shared some really fun times, and I've got dirt on all of them. (laughs) (laughs) And we do on Chris. Yeah, I know. (laughs) I know, I know, I know. Ditto, I know, I know. Um, It certainly was fun, but... Truly, um, together we experienced the lack of hot water or the lack of water. Just sometimes they would, you would be in the middle of doing dishes because part of our responsibility of being there was to help the host family, Pastor Danielle and Angela, um, do the dishes because we were a lot of people to cook for. And sometimes you'd be in the middle of the dishes and sure, you'd run out of hot water here and there, but then you just plain wouldn't have any water because they shut the pumps off. So it was such a different way of, of life for us. Um, the doctor, there is a doctor, but you don't go to him. That's right. That is true. Um, the roads, again, and sweetheart, we have an official presentation just ever so briefly. <laughs> the people who are in your van. <laughs> this is a certificate of excellent driving. <laughs> not, not to take anything from Pastor Dave. <laughs> Uh, for Chris, because we were the Ford van riders. The Ford, there was a Ford and a Chevy. Uh, presented to Chris Elfling for driving beyond most people's abilities on roads not designed for law-abiding drivers in Mexico. From the Ford van riders, Jim, Nick, Roger, Chris, Terry, Pastor Mark. Uh, 26th day of January, 2014. Thanks, Pastor Chris, for keeping us safe from always dangerous situations and close calls. And there's a bunch of road signs he might recognize on there. So. Just a little remembrance. So we had a lot of fun, but your prayers did provide protection because it was a miracle. Sometimes the semis that would pass each other would be coming toward us. And so there's one like right in front of us or a bicyclist on the freeway at night. Oh, my goodness. No shoulders ever. Heavens, who would, who would think of that? Or as Terry, a, a quotable from Terry, define illegal in Mexico. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the local cuisine was unbelievable and, and wonderful. Um, roosters, cats, dogs, all hours, the day and night. 
Um, on Thursday morning, there's no heat there, obviously. So Thursday morning, you wake up and in your motel room, you can see your breath a little bit. Um, Pastor Danielle was preaching Thursday night with his coat on. You know, things that we just don't have any understanding of because it's such a very, very different place. Um, the kids. I'll remember the kids and how fun they were. And kids are kids. They're wonderful, but they can be naughty sometimes. <laughs> and so I had to put my teacher eyes on once in a while and give them a little look and say, con cuidado, take care, don't do that. I was able to go visit a school, a little a primary school, and see how they do school. And that was a special joy for me, obviously. And... Um, Andale, andale, andale. <laughs> the only time we went quickly was when we were building. Kind of the rest of the time was a slower pace than most of us are used to. But I think what sticks out to me personally is Pastor Danielle. He is a hero of the faith, a modern-day hero of the faith. He is fully cognizant of all the shortcomings of San Vicente. He knows it's a dusty little town. When I spoke with him... As part of that interview time, um, he said many pastors have come and gone, but he and Angela have determined to stay because the, it takes time for the people to trust them because everyone has come and gone. And other pastors say, do not go there. That is a nothing little town. Do not go there. But that's where they've been called, and they serve with joy. And it really has challenged me personally to redefine my definition of sacrifice and serving and love. And I want to thank you for giving all of us the opportunity not just to build a house, but so, so much. Thank you. Amen. Thank you, Chris. You've heard a few times people saying we got to see people differently on the trip. And uh, um, I, I got to see Chris crawling around on the ground with little kids, and it was awesome to see. Uh, you got to take the principal hat off and just be a, a mom, kind of. And these kids just, oh, my, every time you saw Chris, there was a mom of kids around her. It was just, it was awesome. It was just phenomenal. Had them all painting. They could have just done it themselves. Just had all the neighbor kids, you know, helping, t- t- teaching them how to paint. And it was, it was really neat. Who wants to be next? All right. Are you going to share about your special thing you got to do? The picture you got taken? <laughs> You've got to. No, I you do whatever you want. <laughs> I was so blessed to go on the mission trip. Thank you all for giving for that house and for all the gifts that the people got. Um, I just, the most awesome thing was the relationships that we gave and, I mean, that we um, got from working with all these people that I know but I didn't know. And spending a week with them um, doing, you know, the work, it was just awesome. And then the relationships with the people there, Danielle and Angela, are just a, a wonderful, marvelous couple. And for what they do, I can, I can never say enough what they do for that community. And um, worshiping with them was so great. And um, we, we just had a wonderful time. And, and the last day on the way home, I'm going to tell it. La Bufadora. We went to La Bufadora. And um, it's a coastal uh, touristy town. And it's got a um, blowhole type thing where the waves come up and it pushes the waves up, and I, I bet they went 40 feet high, and there was just this big roar. It was so awesome. But on the way through the town, I glanced out of my eye, and there was a, a lion cub in a cage. And one of my bucket list things is to pet a Bengal tiger, okay? Well, <laughs> this was just about as Good And I just thank the Lord because I went there. I paid the money to go in. I petted him. I hugged him. Um, his paws are this big. And he was four months old. So um, anyway, it was, it was a wonderful blessing that the Lord gave me at the end of the trip. And, and it, 
it doesn't outshine anything I did the first, you know, four or five days working with the people. It was just awesome. One day I had, um, I was painting with Chris and Kim, and we had like five little boys who like are like first and second grade and younger, all with paintbrushes, and they all wanted to help us. And they were so willing to help us. They didn't always paint the greatest, but <laughs> after they left, we just went over it a little bit and made it look nice. So I just had a wonderful, wonderful time there working with those people. Thank you. The reason I wanted you to share about the tiger is she had said earlier, because it was kind of surprising to me, she said, one of my dreams is to pet a Bengal tiger. And I'm thinking, who in the world has a dream of petting a Bengal tiger? One of my dreams is not get eaten by a Bengal tiger. And here we are, and she, we're just, we're heading home. It was a, a stop on the way home, and there's this tiger, and she gets to, it was, it was for a, con, uh, a conservation group that you could pet the tiger, pay money to pet the tiger, and she got to go in there, take it out of its cage, and play with the tiger. And I thought, you know, that's just how God is. You came to serve, and one of the things you had just said earlier, I want to pet a tiger. And you're petting a tiger, you know, in Mexico, only in Mexico. You can't do that in America. <laughs> so so uh, anyways, how, how neat. You had your hand up earlier. I think you were next. Well, I'm not from this church, but I feel part of it today. That's right. um, um, my husband, Dave, and I, uh, it's our daughter that is the missionary, Angela. And um, so, of course, we had to go. And um, I didn't pound any nails. I didn't paint. Um, I stayed back because they've got two little boys. And somebody had to watch those little boys Amen. while Angela Brand cooked. <laughs> and she did say, she told me, she said, I wouldn't have made it cooking for all this um, if you, you and Dad hadn't been there to help with the boys. So it was a great sacrifice <laughs> to spend a week with my grandchildren. But um, we, we appreciated the chance to go. And, um, and Angela did cook. And she had some, some guidance, but she had some Mexican help. But she'd never cooked for this big of a group before. And it wasn't just them. There were always more Mexicans. So there was, you know, around and helping. And so it was at least 20 to 25 people she cooked for um, and uh, did a wonderful job. Um, and with, if you could see her kitchen, you'd be really amazed because it's, it's, uh, she does have running water and she does have hot water. But the last time we were there, she didn't have hot water in the kitchen. So, um, I was really, really glad that, that we didn't have to heat up the hot water. Um, they did have that. Um, but one of the things that, um, that's been coming to me, um, when Angela graduated from Bible college, she graduated with an elementary ed degree from North Central. And she could have gotten a job, you know, anywhere in the States. And she said, but I want to make a difference. And so she committed to a year going down to Mexico. She didn't know any Spanish. And she had to teach kindergarten. So she got into a, a class really quick and learned basic Spanish, taught the kindergarten. I'm sure she learned with them. And so then at the end of that one year, she wanted to commit to another year. Somewhere in there, she met this guy, and she's committed her life there. And um, they both have committed to making a difference. Well, it's so, it was just such an honor to see this group come down, to know that you all are part of it. You made a difference. You made a difference for this church, for this family. Um, the community knew we were there. The police car kept coming, <laughs> driving by. I'm sure it was just the talk of the town. Besides, these people, you know, uh, had some free time walking throughout the community and making themselves known. And um, people knew that there, we made a difference. We made a difference for that family. Boys and girls, you made a difference. So these children that you raised money for don't have to sleep on the floor. They now have beds. Mm -hmm. And most of them put their mattresses on the floor but you made a difference. So you all were part, and you all made a difference. And I just think of Angela wanting to make a difference, Angela and Danielle now wanting to make a difference, you being part of that. So I just challenge you, maybe you can't go, you gave. What can you do in your everyday life to make a difference 
for Christ. It doesn't have to be a missions trip, but when you get that opportunity, you did it and you made a difference. But make a difference every day. Think about somebody that you can bless because we have the light of life in us and we can make a difference every day. Amen. Thank you. Good. I didn't, all the thunder's not gone yet. Awesome. <laughs> I wanted to get in, not at the end, but almost. Well, we heard some weather reports from here occasionally. <laughs> and I kept thinking, why are we going back there? You know? <laughs> it was hard to leave sunny San Diego, 70 degrees yesterday morning and coming here. But yeah, we're glad to be back. Um, there were two, for me, very poignant moments during the trip. And some people have mentioned this already, but one was when we turned the keys over to the new family or the family that bought the new house or received the new house. And that was very touching from a humanitarian standpoint. We saw the, the joy in their face and their teenage son and the mom going in first and just embracing and just sobbing. They had nothing. They live in a shack. Really, I saw their house they're renting right now, and it is a shack. And to see that, you know, made us feel like we did something to help someone, another human being. That was awesome. The other thing was Pastor Daniel. Um, Chris and I got to do the OCS interview, and I got to do the video part. And we listened to him. We were alone in the church. And he is like a Bible character. He's a guy who you think he just stepped out of the pages of Scripture. You know, he's doing the work that God has given him to do joyfully. He could do many other things. He's very educated. He's got a couple degrees. He doesn't have to live in a house with a cement floor and have minimal, uh, you know, luxuries that we would just consider not even acceptable. You know, we wouldn't live in the houses any of these folks live in. But yet he has the heart of God. And that is much greater than any comfort we can find. You know, God has a plan for us. It makes me reevaluate where I am. You know, what can I do to make a difference, as she said, to, to change something in this world for, for his good, to help uh, promote his will in this world in the gospel, and to just touch others. And you'll hear him talk a little bit on the video, but... It was greatly um, eye-opening for me. Um, boy, we worry about 401Ks and we worry about retirement and all this stuff. It means nothing. It means nothing. So thanks for the opportunity. Appreciate it. Love you all. Just so you know, too, this family that got the house, they had skin in the game. They had purchased the land that we built the house on. They had to do that. They make an average of about $80 a week, working six days a week. Their lot costs over $6,000. They have to pay it off. They, they, a, they, a family sold it to them, but they have to pay off over $6,000 um, for this lot. And so at 80 bucks a week, they barely get some buy. But, so the pastor, I told Pastor Daniel, told him two years ago, believe that they should do, buy this lot and that God will provide them with a the house. Had absolutely no idea where it come from. This ministry had never built a house anywhere near there within an hour and a half of that location. And, um, and so they, by faith, bought land saying, we'll pay for this a little at a time, and God will provide us with a house. And so God provided them with a house. And so they had, imagine, 65, it was $6,500, I think, for the lot, um, making 80 bucks a week, um, and they're, they're paying that thing off. They still have to pay off most of it. You know, I don't know how much they paid for, but not a lot. But they bought it by faith. So, how awesome. Who's next? Pastor Dave. I won't take much time, but I just want to thank this congregation for allowing us to take along. Um, it didn't take a second thought to do so, naturally, with the grandsons down there and our daughters in San Law. But I want you to know that this group represented this congregation very well. You you can be proud of these from your congregation and that went. They shone brightly for Jesus. Um, and it was, it was fun for me to get to know them. I'd seen the names on a list, <laughs> but didn't really. And I had one initial meeting with some of them. 
But outside of that, I didn't know them. And um, now I know all their names. I may not remember all the last names yet, but I know all the first names. <laughs> and, um, and it was just a privilege working with them. Jim is great to work with. <laughs> he and I worked side by side most of uh, a good portion of the time and, and had a great time working together. And I will just conclude my comments with a three-word greeting that is very common among all Christians down there. When you greet one another, this is usually how you greet one another. Dios le bendiga. God bless you. Who else wants to share? We're lucky we got Jim back. They almost elected him mayor of the town. I've been on two mission trips with Jim. Jim is the friendliest guy on the planet, and everybody loves him everywhere we go. And so there's a fire department as your T-shirt um, from Port T-shirt. So this guy, we were thinking he'd never come home. They just He'd be the mayor of San Vicente. <laughs> well, being I wasn't going to talk about the fire department, but I will just for a moment. <laughs> Forced you. The fire department there had a truck. The truck broke. They have no truck. It had 1,500 gallons in it, so it could do some ample work. However, they had eight firefighters in this town, period. One mask for eight guys, one tank, one truck that's not there, and if any house catches on fire now, they have to wait two hours for the nearest engine to respond, so it's get out of the house and watch your house burn. Now, when you say get out of the house, if you live up north and you've driven down some of these roads, and there's a shack along the side of the road, might have a rag over the window, and maybe a caved-in roof, and you say, boy, somebody really let that thing go? If you looked in the neighborhood where we were staying, where we were building the house, all but one house looked exactly like that. And each one of those homes had anywhere from three to five to seven people living in these homes. Those were their homes. That's what it looked like, rags over windows. We were blessed. You guys rock, I'll tell you. You really do. Manuel, thank you. He took care of my shoveling at home and stuff. So I could go. Sorry, thank you. Tracy, thank you so much for doing all the legwork so we could go. You folks, thank you for raising the money that we could do this on your behalf. We were so blessed by you guys. Thank you, thank you. Suzanne, Mark mentioned earlier, you try to sing in English, it does not work because you're praising God together with everybody. Nick was next to me, thank God, Nick doesn't speak Spanish. Because my Spanish probably had people rolling on the floor if they heard it. But we just praise God, we had, we were so blessed. Um, one of the things I remember, the frontage road. The frontage road was the main paved road, and as you come off the frontage road to the right or left, make sure you're walking quickly because it's all just up and down in front of the store. It's as fast as you can go with whatever vehicle you got. And as we were coming back from coffee from one of the, the coffee shops, half of us got halfway across the frontage road, and the other half stopped and, and because the truck was coming down. And this guy stops, slams on his brakes. He's an older gentleman, rolls down his window. Repeat your message. Dios le bendiga. That's what he said to us. We never saw this guy. We never knew this guy. We never saw him in church. Never knew who he was. He knew we were there. There was a, the same over that little gas station. There was a guy who spoke English very well. He said, thank you for what you're doing for our, our community. Um, Thank you so much. This town has one paved road. It's the highway. That's it. Everything else is dirt. And so just dust. Poor Pastor Chris, who has allergies, um, he was, we, we slept, in the, slept in the same room, and he's trying to sleep, and he's constantly on like, like sucking on his inhaler because his asthma. <laughs> I'm like, I said to him finally at 2.30 in the morning, if something happens, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> I said, there's no doctor. I don't know what to do. If you stop breathing, Chris, what do you want me to do? He's like, oh, no, I won't stop breathing. <laughs> I said, keep your inhaler really close. Because <laughs> it's just dust. I mean, you could not, you know, just everywhere dust. And he's just on <laughs> his inhaler the whole time. So it was interesting. Um, who else wants to share?
I want to say thank you to each and every one of you who gave um, your prayer support. We couldn't do it without you. Um, we ask for prayer, for healing, for the sick. We received it mm -hmm. uh, for comfort and safety. I mean, these roads were no guardrails. We're in the mountains. I've seen country I've never seen before, and I thank you. Uh, I took it as I did all the the cuts and angles. The same thing as all of us. We're all coming from different relationships, different families, but we all are put together, and the final result was the Lord's final big home that we built. Uh, I looked at it and said, unbelievable. It was three days, but it really came down to only 18 hours of work. And the house was 16 by 28. I looked at it, and boy, my pigeon coop was almost as big as that. Mm -hmm. uh, most of the homes that people lived in were like 10 by 10. And again, I just say it. For me, it was an eye opener, and I praise the Lord. He gave me a, a second chance. I mean, with my heart, never knew it. But I was able to go now, and I feel as good as before. So I thank you for all your prayers for me at that time, too. And again, we thank you all. You weren't there, but we were knew your support with the prayers and the money that you put into it. And the kids also. What you raised for this family, uh, the beds, and to see them with a ball and a block of wood, and they're overwhelmed. Uh, again, thank you kids too for your support. Thank you, Jim. Right, I think Pastor Chris is. See, everybody else is shirt already. All right, Pastor Chris. Um, the biggest thing that struck me is that this was God's. This was God's work. Um, we all went through experiencing God together, but we experienced God. We experienced God. You know, we talk about how this group of people put up a house in three days. And me being the youngest person in this room, um, I think we all considered it a little bit of a miracle. We were astonished at ourselves. But I, I tell you what the, the Holy Spirit put on my heart was in the Old Testament, when God gave them the plans for the temple and told them what to do, that was God's work. He was telling them to build his temple. And you read, and he gave all the artisans and all the skilled workers the ability to do that. And God did that here with this group because it was God's work. We were doing God's work. We saw God was showing us what he wanted to do. He gave us the ability to do it and the uh, materials to do it and the funds to do it. And God did it. And we were just along for the ride. God used us. And God used you as well. So God is up to some amazing things. The other thing that, that really struck me is, I wanted to share this verse, and now I forgot about it, so I'm going to look it up real quick here. Say it in Spanish. We won't know if you're telling us the truth anyways. <laughs> I'll be merciful. He's looking it up. Pastor Chris rocks in Spanish. They loved him. He just had a mob of people around because he could speak Spanish really fluently with them. It was great. Um, Romans 8.14 says, For all who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you have not re received the spirit of slavery leading to fear again, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, by which we cry out, Abba, Father. And the Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. And when we were in that church, praising and worshiping God, we felt the same exact spirit as we feel here. God's spirit is the same all over the world, and his heart is for all people. And they are our brothers and sisters in Christ. 
And I came to love them all before we left, and I think we all did. We all loved them intimately. But God has a heart for all people, and he's reaching out around the world, and he wants to save all mankind. And so it was awesome to see and, pardon the uh, expression, but experience God, because we experienced God. Praise be to God. Amen. Gloria al Dios. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I'll close with this last comment before we play a short minute and a half video clip. Um, we are getting ready to cross the border. It's interesting. You go into Mexico, you just drive right through. <laughs> you come back into America, you don't just drive right through. Anybody's welcome in Mexico. <laughs> Not anybody's welcome in America. And we're waiting in line, waiting in line, waiting in line. Um, and to get through when they, they you know, are going to come and inspect your vehicle, make sure there's no one hidden in there, you don't have any drugs, all that kind of stuff. And um, I just thought about this, and so we talked about it in the van, um, in, in the one van we were in. I said, you know, what a difference life is based on 50 feet. That if you're born 50 feet this side of that line, no opportunities. You're born 50 feet on that side of the line, and the land of opportunity. And I thought, it just, you know, why? Why was I born on that side of the line? And why were they born on that side of the line? And uh, just a sense of incredible appreciation for the blessings that we have. And then, as you've heard over and over, an evaluation of how do we use the blessings God has given us. Are we going to use it to change the world? Or are we going to use it just to indulge ourselves? And here's a cool thing. Those people didn't indulge themselves but they were really, really, really happy, weren't they? Really, really, really happy. And that's something of what Pastor Danielle wants to say when I ask the question, what, what message would you have for American children? And for all of us now, understand, he speaks English really well, but he speaks, Spanish is his primary language. So make sure the volume's up and really pay attention because you've got to listen to what he's saying. So let's watch his minute and a half. Hello, my name is Daniel Camacho. I'm from Mexico, and I'm a pastor of a little town about 5,000 people called San Vicente. What counsel do you have for boys and girls in the United States? You know what? We are just always thinking about ourselves, what we need, what we want, what we can, uh, how can we feel better. But we, we, I think we should stop just thinking in ourselves and look around and, and, and see who needs something, how they can feel better, how they can be a better person and, and, and just help them to, to, to supply, or I, can, I don't know the word, their needs. Just stop thinking in yourself and focus more on other people.